we first met because you tweeted how much you were looking forward to reading pop-up Shakespeare. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, uh, being, and, an, being an artist myself and and a huge Shakespeare fan and, and everything and, and a reduced Shakespeare company fan, it brought everything together in one handy package. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 687, Gary Andrews' Doodle a Day. Maybe it's always the right time to tell a story about art, social media, Shakespeare, and love. But because this Friday is Valentine's Day, the timing feels particularly appropriate. Gary Andrews is an animator and single dad who uses his artistic talent to chronicle his life, particularly how it transformed several years ago. And he shares his visual diary daily via his Twitter and Instagram accounts, which you can find at Gary Scribbler. Because his work is so visual, it stupidly never occurred to me to talk to him for a podcast, but I'm thrilled that I did. Gary started our conversation by talking about distinctions between his various artistic lives. Theatre-wise, my directing is mostly in the in the amateur zone and in the sort of community zone. Um, I work in animation professionally, so I, I direct a kids' show called Fireman Sam, or I used to. I'm now directing one called Horrid Henry, um, but I've been doing that for like 35 years, animation. Um, and, and the theatre I've loved for ages. But um, I think the thing that, that you're talking about is I, I keep a, a visual diary, a thing called Doodle a Day, um, which I started oh, a few years ago. Um, I, I, I draw every day, but it's all digital these days. And I wanted to be drawing with a real pen again on paper, shock horror. Um, and I is thought the best... A, before you go on, is there yeah. a difference? Yeah, I mean, when you're drawing on a... I draw on a graphics tablet, so it's a glass screen and you're drawing. And although the pens are fantastic and they look like real drawings, it's this smooth surface and you've got an undo button and it's great for professional work. But I missed that little scratch, scratch, scratch sound that you get. And the fact that if you, if you um, balls it up, you've got to try and sort of you know, style it out. And oh, I meant to do it that way and incorporate it into the drawing or whatever. So I used to keep this diary. And I thought the best way to draw every day was to keep a visual diary, just little doodles and, and things of stuff that happened to me. And I gave myself a set of rules. It would be go straight in with the pen. Don't do any pre-sketching. Don't take any longer than about 10 minutes for each one, 15 at most, maybe. Uh, and and that, that was the sort of rules I gave myself. And I tootled along happily doing that for about a year and a half posting it on twitter and facebook and and the sort of um half a dozen people and their dog who followed me would would sort of go oh that's fun um and then what happened is my wife died very suddenly and um i kept drawing counseling myself through drawing if you like i i, I drew how the grief process was going for me and how bringing up my two young children was going as a single dad and that kind of suddenly people noticed it and it took off and press got hold of it and then tv got hold of it and i went from like 600 followers to now i've got about 56,000 so it's kind of it's it's been sort of crazy but it, what it done is it's touched this sort of chord with people um they they recognize the universality of the uh, experience maybe and i get all these lovely messages from people saying you know thank you for sort of saying this stuff because it doesn't get said out loud very often so uh, yeah it's been a interesting journey <laughs> Well, and I marvel at it for so many reasons. Um, you know, I've never met your wife. 
joy, but she lives on through your doodles, through your photographs um, that you've shared on Twitter, and I think with me privately, um, and through your children. And yeah. and and the the doodles process your life not only as a grieving husband but now a single dad, and yeah. and the other thing I marvel at is that you have at the end of a long day of being a working animator and a and a and a single dad, you have the brain space, the bandwidth to <laughs> reflect on the day and whip something out. You also have the talent to then whip something out in 10 minutes that is incredibly evocative and frequently enormously stupidly annoyingly moving <laughs> thank you um yeah it's um it, it was funny because you know when joy was still alive we'd sit there watching the tv in the evening and i'd sit there and do my drawing and i'd show her what i'd done we'd have a laugh or whatever and um then when she died um and i kept doing it 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 became a reflective moment for me. The, the day had finished and you'd be tired, whatever, but you go, right, I need to do that drawing. What, what's happened? I need to unpack the day. And sometimes there was an emotional feeling I wanted to get out, something that was grief-wise that was painful. I just wanted to get down because every once you'd got it down on the paper, it let off that little bit of steam of the pressure cooker. It exorcised that moment ever so slightly. And sometimes something rather wonderful had happened or something funny had happened because that was the incredible thing was how laughter continued through grief, which was wonderful mostly through my children. Um, and um, I found I had to do it. It, got, it, it. And now I can't actually go to bed unless I've done my drawing. It, it's, it's my unpacking of the day. And if, I, um, if I'm feeling a bit tired, I think, right, I have to do the drawing now. And I would feel really uncomfortable going to bed having not done a drawing. Um, it's, it's a sort of, I, I hate the term, but it's, it's a sort of modern thing is this mindfulness thing. You know, it, it is that sort of thing of just, okay, what happened today? What touched me? What, 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 what do I want to remember from this? And I just jot it down. Sometimes they're incredibly banal. So it's just a stupid thing that happened. Sometimes it's, you know, it can be a bit more profound or whatever, but I mean, I sit on my own at home working quite often, nothing much has happened in the day. And that's the days when I sit there for three quarters of an hour trying to think of what to draw and then 10 minutes drawing it, you know? Well, and people have been keeping diaries forever, you know, and uh, and there's value to it. Um, So we might call it mindfulness now, but I I absolutely hear what you're saying. I remember when my father passed away, and my mother too, a month before my mother passed away, I had done a podcast interview with her because she wrote a book called Mm. Ballet, which is still in print. And, um, And I wish I had done that with my dad, but he had already started to suffer the consequences of Alzheimer's before yeah. I started recording this podcast, but I, at the, that was my message, was to, you know, record your parents, you know, yeah. when, when they're alive, when they're around, ask them the questions that you know you'll want to ask when you're older, but, and wish you had asked when you were younger. We all regret that one. I regret that with my dad as well. My parents both passed like, you know, 30 years ago. And, and, and so, so I, you know, and I wish I'd sort of talked to them more about stuff, you know, but the nice thing about this is they, my kids have got this record now when I'm gone, They'll be able to look back on the sketchbooks and and they already do. Yeah. Um, but but they'll be able to look when they're grown ups, they'll be able to look back at themselves as children and see their day to day life through this very sort of traumatic and, and, and extraordinary period that they've been going through. I mean, they were seven and ten when Joy died, you know, so. Yes. And you say that now and now I realize, oh, well, I guess my kids were going to are going to have. 
13 coming on 14 years of podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Listen back to. I mean, what what a, what a, what a wonderful gift for them. It's, it's it's fantastic. We're lucky that we live in an age or that where we can do this or we have an a, we have a certain way of expressing ourselves you with words and me with drawings that we can do this. Hello. I'm Adrian Scarborough, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? You can see Reduced Shakespeare in your own home by owning your very own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both Amazon and independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. We'll be performing The Complete History of Comedy Abridged this Friday, Valentine's Day, in Clinton Township, Michigan, then twice again in April at the University of Wisconsin in Whitewater on April 17th and the Fermi Lab in Batavia, Illinois on April 18th. We'll perform The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged Revised in Arcata, California on March 6th and in Lynchburg, Virginia on May 16th. We'll perform Hamlet's Big Adventure, a prequel three times in March, once at Washington and Jefferson College in Pennsylvania on March 19th, and then twice at our home away from home at the Center Stage in Reston, Virginia on March 21st, and then we'll kick off the summer with two weeks of performances of the complete history of comedy abridged at the Hartford Stage Company in Connecticut. As always, the very best way to stay up to date about all of our worldwide performance dates is to sign up for the Reduced Reader, our email newsletter. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com and click on the link to subscribe and check out our touring page for specific box office, venue, and ticket information. And now back to my conversation with animator Gary Andrews, the creator of a wonderfully funny and moving personal visual diary on social media under the hashtag doodle a day. Can we talk about Shakespeare now? Is that how yeah. you enjoy Met? It is. Um, yeah. I mean, we we both joined the same little amateur theater and I, I met her when she was only 15 and, and I'm, I'm 15 years old. So I was 30 when I first met her. She was 15 and she was just this really talented kid at the theater. And I thought, oh, she's brilliant. And didn't really think anything more of that. We did a couple of shows together, whatever. Then she went off to university. When she came back from getting her degree, um, I was directing a production of Midsummer Night's Dream at the time. And I needed a Helena. She was very funny and she was six foot tall. Um, I'm five foot seven. She was she was six foot. And um, she was just the perfect Helena. So I cast her in that and it meant we spent a lot of time together. And we instantly became best friends and suddenly found we were spending time together not just at rehearsals but like all the time and then and then one day we were just sitting chatting on her sofa and we looked at each other and in the same moment we felt this weird sort of falling sensation and realized we'd actually just fallen in love and from that moment didn't want to be apart again and we basically weren't which was fantastic and we had 19 years you know um together basically and she died of sepsis, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she. Um, it was. It was crazy. We. Um, I. We'd just been away for a weekend in Glastonbury, having a really fantastic weekend with the kids, doing some stuff. I had to go to Vancouver for a week with work, so she dropped me at Heathrow on the Monday. Um, I FaceTimed her on the Tuesday. Said, "How's it going?" She said, oh, "I've got a bit of cold, got a bit fluey." I went, "Oh dear." Wednesday, any better? No, still feel rubbish. Thursday, I FaceTimed and my kids answered. Said, "Oh, Auntie Marie's here." Um, mummy's not well, they've called the doctor. I went, fine, let me know what's happening. 
And then I got a phone call saying, can you get an early flight back? She's got to go into hospital. I went, yeah, sure. You know, thinking I've got to come look after the kids. Got another phone call saying, did you get the flight? I went, yep, yep, I'm coming to that. They said, good, it's not looking very good. I went, okay. Uh, and by the time I landed, she died. Um, so that was insane. Um, but, uh, you know, I sort of, they'd managed to keep it from the children, which was great. So I could actually tell them, which was, you know, I, it was, I had to do that. And, um, that's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. But they, um, from the moment I told them, they started teaching me about grief because, you know, I said, we, we cried for 15 minutes and they said, what's the tea? And you go, yeah, good point. Um, and, and from that point, we, you know, we move forward. We work together. I said to them, look, I'm, you know, we've got to be a team now. I'm going to cry. You're going to cry. Let's, let's be there for each other. And you can, there's never anything you can't ask me. And we've just sort of, you know, team Andrews, we plow on forward together and they've, they've done brilliantly. Um, and we talk about joy every day and they talk about her in a very present way. You know, they acknowledge the fact that she's, she's dead, but they, oh, mummy would have loved this. Uh, can you imagine mummy watching, you know, it, which is lovely. She's very present in our lives all the time. Well, and your, your, all of this is coming full circle. I mean, I just love how everything is interrelated in what you do. You, yeah. you've, you've begun to raise money and raise awareness of, yeah. about sepsis. Um, it's kind of her legacy. It make, uh, being able to do that makes her death less pointless for me. The well, fact indeed. that we save lives and all that, you know, it's kind of, it's wonderful. And, uh, and you've wrangled the kids into the endeavor. Your son is now writing books that raise money, <laughs> uh, one of which I've bought. Oh, Ben's Christmas Chaos. Yeah, he was so proud of that. He did brilliantly, and it did great. He should be proud of it. I mean, he's got a pretty great collaborator right there doing the pictures, but... Um, yeah, it was all his words. He did, you know, I, I, I mentored, but didn't, didn't, you know, I guided, but it was his work, which was wonderful. And, you know, we, we've, you know, we... They do. They had, funny enough, just a couple of days ago, they had, um, they had a sepsis awareness lessons at school, um, at his little school he goes to. And the teacher said he got a bit tearful, but he was, he, you know, he was talking to the others and helping them and trying to make it clear to them. And they, we'd said to him, are you go, OK being in the class when this happened? He said, yeah, I've experienced it. And you just think, well, you're nine. Do you know you're nine? You know, um, so it's wonderful. They are, you know, they had to grow up a bit quick, but they're still kids as well, which is fantastic. Well, um, you, you sound like the a father of the year. I can only uh, hope I can only hope that you are continuing that excellent parenting by keeping your children as far away from the theatre as possible. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, my daughter hasn't already been involved in about five Shakespeare's. No, no. not at all. <laughs> she's been in The Tempest, and she's and they both they were both in um, uh, Merry Wives of Windsor, both of which are directed, and, and uh, uh, she was doing Shakespeare at school the other day, and her, we had a parents' evening, and, and the teacher said to me, I've never had a class of 12-year-olds before when I said we're doing Shakespeare next, and one of them at the back go, yes! <laughs> That's Which so I mean, the thing is, they they since they've been born, they were watching Joy and I on stage together. The last play Joy and I ever did together was Twelfth Night. She was Mariah and I was Malvolio, and that was about four months, four or five months before she died. You know, so and between that, you know, from we'd played um, Barone and Rosaline, we'd played Isabella and Angelo. Um, I I was in I was Dobry when she was Hero. You know, we we were in so many shows together. It was it was fantastic. It was a constant in our lives, you know. Good old Shakespeare, he was there. And he and he continues to be there. 
he continues to be there and and she is she was a musician as well she wrote a lot of music for shows that we've done and quite often when i'm doing shows now i'm still using her music so she's still once she's done for a play 10 years ago or whatever i'm, I'm recycling it in different shows so um she's still very much with us in the shows it's fantastic and in fact her some of her ashes were scattered on one of the open air stages that we um, perform on as well so you know she's kind of there in a very real sense too it's brilliant That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can and should follow Gary on Twitter and Instagram under the handle at Gary Scribbler. Also check out his website, GaryScribbler.co.uk, where you can see other artwork and buy his son Ben's awesome little book, Ben's Christmas Chaos. And you can also donate to the UK Sepsis Trust via the link joy-andrews.muchloved.com. I'll put all these links up on our website as well, and you'll also find a link to an amazing little animation animated film based on Gary's drawings. Then send us your doodles via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener. Thanks, as always, to single dad of three, now married to dad of six, Matthew Croak. Web services by Ginger Powered Limited. Music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout-out this week goes to Nate Ellum. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Adrian Scarborough, who can be seen in cinemas in 1917 and on stage in London when he opens this week in Tom Stoppard's newest play, Leopoldstadt. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. I'm Austin Titchener, 687-2061sts of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Last summer, directed a Romeo and Juliet with my youth group that I, that I run, sort of 16, 21, and it was very modern using social media. The fights were filmed on phones and projected and all that sort of thing. And there was a cast of about six, and then everyone else was on that, talking to her mum on FaceTime and all this sort of thing, you know. And I'm directing it again, an open-air theatre in a big production with swords and stuff again. So it's the same play, totally different. It's an ongoing conversation. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.